I, I watched last night's episode and fuck, I fell asleep. Like, the wife had to give me the elbow like a couple times. I fell asleep twice. Like, it was, like f- that fucking show. She probably doesn't care. Like, she uh, probably doesn't care if she's if you're actually watching the show or not. She just doesn't want to listen to you snore. She's like, I can't even hear the TV. <laughs> well, what's funny is like I saw I saw some tweet. Somebody was like, Oh my God, Walking Dead is back. Last episode was so awesome. I'm like, I felt I felt like tweeting back. Like, did you watch the same episode I did? Like, it's been a fucking bore fest for the last three four seasons. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> Season seven, I didn't mind, apart from the fact that I just, I just despise Negan so much to the point where my skin crawls when he's on screen. I feel like I'm in a bad marriage and I oh, can't get I, out. Well, like, the, like I'm too heavily invested in this fucking buddy, thing. I can't get a out. A buddy of mine um, who lives down in LA was, uh, I was chatting with about it, and he's like, the only reason I stick with The Walking Dead is because it's the only thing that I've been dedicated to for eight years in my entire life and I'm not about to give up now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I am in the same, same That's place funny. that your buddy is. Like, I just feel I can't abandon it now. Like, I've gone too far. Oh, man, I don't know. I just really love how Carl started out as eight, nine years old and now he looks 26. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Press X to Podcast. It's February the 28th, 2018, and this is episode eight. I'm your host, Paul Sullivan, and alongside me, I've got the big man himself. It's Trevor Houston. Hello, everyone. And the slightly smaller man, Sean Petraschuk. I'm not smaller than Trevor, am I? We're about the same, aren't we? Uh, Slightly. Slightly. Just slightly. Depends. Are we talking height or girth? (laughs) Well, I think you got me on height. I think I've got you by a smidge on girth. (laughs) You know, let's not let's not uh, elaborate on girth. Let's just leave it there. Yeah. yeah. How many times can you fit the word girth into thirty I seconds? I think we did what right. five times. It's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm good with that. Did you guys have a good weekend? I did. No, I've been sick. Oh. I've been sick. So you, you were. You know, I've got the man. I've got the man flu. So I'm. I'm basically on my deathbed. Were you sick all I'm through dying. your weekend? Like the whole weekend? Yeah. It's, it was, it's, it, I felt it on Friday and it's just been, uh, it's just been getting worse by the day. And, um, yeah, if, if, if I don't make it through, tell, tell my wife, I love her, uh, you know, tell the listeners, I love them. I I thank them for listening. I thank them for downloading and not listening if they're doing that. Um, you know, tell my, tell my daughter, I love her. I think, uh, if I don't make it. I think you just did. I mean, we have all this now officially Yeah, we have evidence. So it's good. I. It's good I got there, but I'm I'm essentially on my deathbed. Can we here. convince you so. to sit and I leave my house to my good pal Sean? <laughs> yeah, I'll leave you my dog Leonard. He snores uh, at night, but otherwise he's Leonard. Otherwise he's gonna, adorable. After all we've been through, you're gonna give me Leonard? That's a more of a punishment well, than it is a gift. But he'd love playing with the Shebas with yeah, the, uh, with right. Sean Shebas. All right, I'll take it. I'll take your stupid dog. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a stuffy too. There's a, there's a little stuffy. Does he hump the stuffy? Yeah. Someone's got no, it. No, he doesn't he doesn't hump the stuffy anymore. Not anymore. Not every not ever since he's been uh, snipped. Seems like why <clears throat> any dog ever has a stuffy. It's cuz it's like the owners get tired of the dog humping their legs so they're like, "Here, have this." <laughs> Go to <laughs> Go town. To town. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen pictures of like of of pugs too. Pugs uh, maybe they're just horny bastards. Um just <laughs> defiling Pikachu dolls or Pikachu stuffies. <laughs> 
Pikachu! <laughs> Good lord. Do you have any games near your deathbed, Trev? Um, I haven't played a ton. I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite again, which is a great game. Um, my daughter's been been getting into it, so so I've been watching her play a little. I jump in there for a few rounds, and um, yeah, it's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, just love everything about it. And I also played a little bit of uh, Assassin's Creed Chronicles India because it's free uh, for Xbox Live Gold members, probably for what a couple more days here until March. Or how long is that one free for? If it's on, if it's on Xbox Live, or if it, if it's games with gold, it it'll be available until end of today. Mid-March? End of today, if it's oh, end today of t- being the twenty eighth, well, yeah, March first is new games. Although, oh no, no, it depends. Um, some of the games they where they do the fifteenth to the fifteenth type thing. Yeah, I think I think some of them they do do to the they start mid and end. Yeah, like I so I don't yeah. know what schedule it's on, but is it? Is but, it any good though? Like, I mean, um, I'm not crazy about it. I mean, I can see if you're like one of those hardcore platformers that love like those real punishing platforming experiences, you probably would like Assassin's Creed India. But I had, um, I mean, the art style is beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful looking game. Um, I just had issues with the difficulty progression. Like, I mean, they throw you to the wolves and they throw you to the wolves quickly. I mean, it's fun. It's satisfying when you when you move on. But there's just there's just some things that happen throughout that don't make sense and enemies sort of gathered in a way that um, just, I don't know. I just, I didn't, wasn't getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. I'm glad it's free. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't spend, I didn't spend any money on it because I might pick it up one more time and that'll probably be it. How lucky is Epic that battle Royale came along because there was nobody talking about Fortnite before they added that battle Royale mode. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and, and look at it now, too, in, in that it's taking over from PUBG. PUBG's falling into second place. I mean, Fortnite is growing at, like, an astronomical level. It's crazy. Oh, it's just way more accessible, right? And it's more polished. Well, and what I, it's, a lo- it's, a, it's a lot cleaner looking. Yeah. I mean, aesthetically, it, it's way nicer. Without question. It's, it's definitely, like, sort of, it's a lot cleaner. It's visually more appealing. It's definitely wackier. Like, I feel like I'm playing something a little bit more... Um, for a younger age demographic than I am when I'm playing PUBG, but at the same time, um, I'm amazed how many people are playing it. Like I will die, and I'll finish like 90th out of 100. That's about as good as I do. <laughs> I'll finish if I finish top 50, I'm happy. Um, so, so if I get in the top 50 and I die, I can exit the lobby and jump back into another game with a hundred people within like three minutes. Like it is incredibly fast how quickly they throw you back into a game, which just kind of tells you how many people are playing it. It's so yeah, I, I love that. I'm not sitting around the lobby waiting forever for another hundred people to gather so that we can play a game where the connection connections are strong. So yeah, it's it's incredible how popular it is and it's a fun it's fun and it's free. And they're adding so. they add content like almost like is it at least weekly they're adding new you know i mean most of it's like cosmetic type things for the most part but i see them all over twitter like oh look what we're adding now and it's always like yeah like you were mentioning that sort of over the top you know we don't take ourselves too seriously type items that are like kind of goofy super fun you know um i mean we're whereas like PUBG is definitely, you know, on this more serious side, I guess. I mean, or at least the more clinical yeah. side on, on visuals and everything else. Um, I mean, 
again, maybe I'm wondering if the fact that it's it's blowing up so much is the fact that from people that I've talked to, they feel that it's a little bit built more to be accessible for console as well, right? Whereas PUBG feels almost foreign, everybody says, when they when they try and play it with a controller on the Xbox. They're like, eh, no, this, I mean, we'll play it, but it's made for PC. Yeah, I remember call, I remember talking about this on a few podcasts ago. It, it, PUBG really does feel like it was meant to be played with PC. I just find some of the, you know, some of the shooting mechanics and the controls a little bit just not as refined when I'm using a controller. Like I find sometimes when it's a one-on-one battle with someone else, it comes down to pure luck. I'll be going up against the guy, he'll be hopping around, I'll be hopping around, you know, using the prey and spray uh, approach and it's just sometimes it feels a little bit fluky it's not as tight as it is in Fortnite. Fortnite feels so smooth um and i and i just enjoy the the, the combat mechanics a lot better than i do in PUBG. do you find that you're using the like the building mechanics are you are you like building stairs and walls and whatnot in like inventive ways or like have you hit that level yet because some of the things i see like when i see how other people play this game I mean, not only are they skilled in terms of just a, a shooter, just they're inventive. I mean, they play a game, they play the game in a way that I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would have that thought in my head to go, I'm going to do this and then this and then this and build these extravagant things to get themselves out of trouble or to give themselves an advantage. Do you do any of that? Yeah, I don't do a ton of it. And my, and my daughter's very quick to criticize me like, Dad, you got to build this. You got to reinforce that. Build some stairs here. And I'm like, no, kid, I'm still learning how to shoot and kill people properly. Never mind. Start start to figure out how to build shit. Listen, so, listen, Sophia, I got to walk before I can run. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, this thing's really designed for that Minecraft generation, right? Um, you know, picking up materials and building all kinds of stuff. The young kids these days, they know how to do that. But us old farts, we just want to shoot people. You know, right, I'd be curious. Right. And there are some impressive, there's some impressive uh, forts that people are building in these maps. And they're doing it in such a way that, they, that they're protecting themselves. And then, then you walk over to their little fort and they're just kicking your ass. I'd be, I'd be curious, I mean, to give it to, to my youngest. I mean, Skylar's nine. He's, he loves Minecraft. He's a freak for that game. Um, but he just he's not very good at anything that has any sort of shooting mechanic um that i mean i don't know i don't know if i'm an irresponsible parent by allowing my nine-year-old to play shooters no i I don't know not at all it's too it's too cartoony i i I wouldn't have a problem letting him play at all like there's no sort of real blood and guts or anything like that to it and i think actually i think he'll pick it up and play with ease like um i was surprised i didn't think my daughter does not like shooters um, she plays a little bit of the Call of Duty Zombies. That's about it. And and even at that, she's not that good at it. But she absolutely loves Fortnite for some reason. Now, I know there's a whole sort of like all her friends are on Snapchat and they're talking about it and they're hyping it up. So I know there's a little bit of that at play that all her friends and all the guys in her school are that's playing gonna, it. So that's going to pass, kinda... though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I lose track of who the important ones are, but one of the Jenners basically said that Snapchat sucked now and they lost like something like $500 million in like half a billion dollars in stock value overnight because I think it was Kylie Jenner. Yeah, no, anyway, the, yeah, I think it was Kylie Jenner. I don't know, but she basically, she was like, Snapchat sucks. And they lost freaking half a billion dollars or something ridiculous overnight. 
Like, oh how do these God. people have this much power? They're celebrities just for being celebrities. It blows my mind. Well, let's not give them any more airtime in that case. Uh, Sean, I see here you've been a very bad boy and didn't play any games. Um, it's not that I didn't. I just I don't think I had enough time to really get into much of anything with like real like, oh, yeah, I got my mitts on this. I kind of I did one of those things where I turned on I turned on both the Xbox PlayStation and I went to my library and I just flicked through and spent like 20 minutes, 30 minutes going, I don't know about that one. I don't want to play that one. I don't want to play that one. And by the time I thought I might have settled on something, I didn't want to play games anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, talk about like a first world problem. I just have so many games. I can't decide which one to play. Like, I, I can already hear people on the other side going, you know what, dude? Fuck you. Shut up. <laughs> But I did make time to go see a movie. I mean, I don't... Ooh, I think I can guess which one, but why don't you tell me what it is? Uh, I went and saw Black Panther. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm, I tend to be a little... I don't want to say cynical, but I just... When I see things hyped up in a really, really big way, um, not necessarily so much in lead-up, but especially afterward, um, in terms of, like, reviews, you know, when people are talking about it after it's out, I tend to go in cynical because... I just know how strong hive mind can be. I mean, we've experienced it in the game industry where, you know, you go to give a game a score and you're thinking, man, this game is like a six, right? Like, eh, it's okay. And then you see like, nope, nine, tens, best ever. And you're like, what? You know, but people just tend to group with their opinion. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, I, I went in kind of cynical going, ah, it'll probably be good. It's Marvel. It'll probably be okay. But it won't be that good. It was that good. Like, it was really good. Absolutely. I mean, man, I, again, like this is we've got to be. I, I do want to make sure we're careful here because we've hardly passed the the statute of limitations on on spoilers for this one. There's a lot of people who haven't had a chance to see it. Um, well, wait have ha, Have you seen it, Paul? I have not seen it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't okay. want to give anything away. Okay. Um, I just think the beauty of this one is that I mean, I found Michael B. Jordan uh, character Killmonger to be probably one of Marvel's most developed villains to date. I mean, you know, like um, there's a lot of emotional ties uh, in, into his story. I mean, the costuming mm. is insane. Um, you know, it's just like everything about it all put together is probably one of the, the best packages that Marvel has put together in a long, well, I don't want to say in a long time because I like all their movies, but it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a special movie. It re it really is, and I I feel like that hype is actually really really warranted. I mean, I I'd look forward to actually chatting about it further on down the road here, where we can go. Okay, it's safe to talk spoilers. You know what I mean? But it yeah, it's really good. I fell off the Marvel train hard after the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and I don't know why. Didn't you know really what? Have any interest? You oh, know what? Guardians, you know what's cool? Yeah, Guardians was a great movie. Guardians is great, but you know what's really cool, honestly, Paul, is that this this movie, Black Panther, is entirely standalone in a sense. Um, it is. Um, yeah. I've seen complaints about how you know it's kind of what are we at? What are we at? We are at phase three, I think, of their. Um, it's a very standalone movie, isn't in that it doesn't, uh, it does not dip at all, really, apart from a couple of things towards the end. Um, but it doesn't dip into the Marvel U as we've seen it, right? But I, I do think that it's it's more so it's setting up 
not just uh, the character of Black Panther, but um, Wakanda as a nation for a more um, in-depth role in the Marvel U. But as it stands for a movie, it's a very singular and solo experience. You can go in not having mm. watched any of the Avengers or, or the Captain America flicks or anything and still really get a feel for the movie. Like, um, yeah, you, I, I, I would be surprised if you were to watch it and not like it. I really would. Yeah, I would be too. I think I think it's kind of one of those, um, especially you, Paul, I think guaranteed you'll like it. Guaranteed. I mean, it's definitely been hyped up, but it's just so enjoyable. And the characters, um, it's just such a well-told story. The characters are great. I know there were some complaints about the CGI, but yeah. eh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, like, really, like, the only I'm not a tech head, so... I thought it looked good. I mean, honestly, the only complaints that I ended up hearing was people, like, trying to like undercut the fact that like there were, you know, lots of black people going to the theaters all dressed up and, you know, really celebrating what this movie's about. Um, I mean, cause there's some pretty memorable quotes and again, I'm not going to give anything away. Um, but there are some really memorable quotes made that, um, really kind of put it in perspective. This is a powerful movie for, for, for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. when they're making fun of like, because I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to disrespect anybody. I don't know the names of like the garb or, or anything else, but they're going fully dressed up and just celebrating this movie. And people are going like, why do you guys have to do that? Make such an epic about it. It's just like, I feel like looking around at every one of these people and it's like white people dress up for star Wars movies. You fucking morons. Like right. just let them have their goddamn <laughs> moment and let's move on. But like, yeah, it, that's <laughs> it's like what you say on Twitter. Shh, let people yeah, enjoy let things. Yeah, let people enjoy things. Like, you don't have to like it, but for fuck's sake, like, do you have to piss on it? Like, um, yeah, no, man. But that's the only thing that that's literally the only negative thing I've seen about it is that some people are expecting some of that Marvel tie-in. And why do black people go so extra, as they put it? And I'm like, man, shut oh up. god, let them go extra. Yeah, let them have their fun. Yeah, well, I will put that on the list for show. Paul, what have you played? Well, I played a couple of things, guys. Uh, since last week, I played about a billion hours of Metal Gear Survive. I'm sorry. Oh, and we're go- and we're going to be talking a lot about that game. So, well, okay, so we're we're going to get to Metal Gear, obviously, because I yeah, know that we, we we have some things to talk about with Metal Gear. But what else, what did you? Why don't we talk about what else you played before we go back to Metal Gear then? Sure. Uh, yeah, we brought this up last week. And, uh, well, we reached out to the, de- the developers and got a couple of codes for Super Seducer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, had a couple of beers on now? Friday night and dove right into Super Seducer. So did you woo all the ladies? Did you reach out oh. and touch all the boobs? <laughs> <laughs> Every... Are you now a Super Seducer? Uh, probably technically, Yes. Uh, I did choose every dirty option that I could possibly find. Me and my wife did that. Um, but shockingly, I didn't find the guy that creepy. Um, the way the game plays, it's it's video. So the dude's talking to some girl and then it'll pop up with a bunch of options. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And there's obviously one correct answer. And the rest are ridiculous. So you pick all the wrong answers just to watch the guy do something ridiculous. And then he pops up with him sitting on a bed by himself, um, telling you why that was wrong. And a lot of them, especially the most ridiculous ones, he's just like, I can't believe you picked that. Let's move on. 
So does this game almost try to take itself seriously and like, I'm going to teach you how to pick up the ladies? It does. But uh, from what I played, I, I only went a few levels into it, but it, it actually kind of makes sense what he's saying. I mean, he's not trying to be a true pickup artist in the context of the game. I don't know in his courses or his real life or anything. I don't know, you know what, who this guy is. You know what this sounds like to me then is like, it's like when, you know, you, you hear those ads on the radio, you know, where like some well-known, like a Tony Robbins is coming to town and you can go to like a, you know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a thing or whatever to, to sit in and, and learn all the secrets, da, 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 register now. It basically sounds, it's like, you know what? People are probably too embarrassed to go to one of these things to learn how to pick up ladies. So we'll just pipe it into their homes via this video game. Yep. It's very much like that. Um, it kind of plays on a few psychological principles of, of what makes people feel comfortable um, in an interaction. So I don't know if, if later on it gets into more creepy or more coercive things, but at the start of the game anyways, it's very basic how to talk to people, not just um, in a romantic context, but how to interact with people and make them feel like um, they're being heard. That, or being seduced. It just that seems that in a sense that seems almost weird, I guess. And like they didn't market it as educational in a sense, right? I mean, they gave it a name like Super Seducer. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think how I feel about the fact that they're gamifying what should be considered just basic contact. Like, at what point mm-hmm. did we lose, you know, like lose our grip on reality, where it's like it's that hard. For one person to talk to another person and and know that they're not being creepy, like where where did that line get blurred? I mean, I I don't know if it's because we're in that age where it's easier and easier to sit behind a screen and I mean you can get your groceries delivered, you can pay your bills online, like you don't need to leave your house. I mean, is that why we're here? But it just seems like talking to people should not be this hard. We don't need to gamify how to talk to a lady. Yeah, agreed. And if you were somebody who is a complete uh, basement dweller and didn't know how to talk to people, I don't think this would give you the best impression of how to go about it. <laughs> You'd have to get out of the basement. For yeah. You do. You have to see sunlight for one. <laughs> That's right. Step one, um, sunlight. <laughs> step two, shower. <laughs> Maybe step one should be shower. Step two, sunlight. <laughs> I mean, after you've seen the sunlight, you're going to want to go back inside right away. So let's leave the shower at step two. <laughs> so, yeah, do we want to talk about survive right now? Well, yeah, like let's 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 get into it. I mean, first and foremost, how has your experience been with survive? I have been so back and forth on this game. One second, I'll I'll be in love with it. And then the next second, I absolutely hate it. But as the hours went on and as the missions piled up, it kind of uh, went downhill, I would say. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's a mediocre game uh, that is pretty harshly damaged by the fact that it's got the Metal Gear title on it. Which it, which is fair. And I mean, and obviously it's suffering um, because of that, right? I mean... I mean, I'm just kind of looking here at what we've got queued up for news. And bottom line is the sales suck. People aren't buying mm-hmm. it. People are nope. people just, it's not Metal Gear as they know it. So they're, they're kind of, you know, they're jumping ship. 
Yeah, I mean, if you can put the fact that it's not a Metal Gear Solid game um, aside, and you like games like Rust or DayZ, you might find that you really love uh, the game, because it does a lot of things that I I think are interesting in terms of navigation. Um, a lot of the map has what they call dust um, surrounding it, and when you're in the dust, your map doesn't work, your waypoints don't work, and you're consuming oxygen. So exploring in the dust is a little bit difficult because you got to manage that oxygen and you don't really know where you're going so you're kind of feeling your way around it's easy to get lost it's easy to starve and die um this and, game sounds like all kinds of fun yeah it's it's really <laughs> impressive in a lot of ways and it make it really really hard to like at the beginning <laughs> i gotta go buy that yeah. shit yeah, try <laughs> pick it up. Fuck, fuck metal gear survive you want to send me a copy of <laughs> super yeah. seducer <laughs> Let's see if any of these moves work on my wife. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing is that the micros are greasy. They are oh. really, really greasy. Oh, fuck it's, yeah. My not, God. It's not... I just don't even know how in the hell this passed their, you know, their quality check. And they're like, yeah, guys, this is a good idea. Because it's not just like you know people were talking about on the news or whatever how what is it that it's, it's 10 bucks for a save slot to buy a new save slot but then yep. can't you pay for you can pay micros for loadouts you know they're the it, it's woven deep into the system yep they've got all the typical uh boost kind of things that you would have seen from ea a few years back you know um you know basically xp boosters or credit boosters that kind of thing uh, the paying for save slots, uh, I mean, they trickle out the SV coins, uh, as they call them, with the daily login bonuses, but they, I mean, it would take you months to get enough to buy another save slot. Yeah, it's like a thousand SV coins for a save slot, and right? Like, so that's like 10 bucks. That's yeah, not and I've, right. I mean, if, not, I, not mean, at all. I, I mean, I've argued staunchly for micros when they work, right? when they serve the customer, when they don't affect the gameplay. I mean, yeah, okay, this technically doesn't affect gameplay, right? I mean, it's your choice to have a second a second save slot. But I mean, it's a save slot. Like, let's break down what that is. It's like, oh, you'd like to save a game that's not just the first game? Like, what the fuck? To actually expect somebody to pay money for that on top of the fact that they already paid $60, $70 for a game? Like... Well, uh, Survive's 40 so there's that. That doesn't make it better. But like, if we're gonna no. argue about whether or not this that is, makes this, it better, yeah, I'd be like, no. This isn't a true Metal Gear game either. Like, it's a spinoff. Uh, you know, you're not even getting like those those authentic characters like you've received in, in the other games. And then for Konami to do this to Polis and really nickel and dime you. I mean, at a time when they need to be winning fans back, they pull this. And I mean, gamers aren't stupid. They're reading the same shit that we're reading. And they are just going to stay clear from this game because they're, they're seeing all this. Who's going to want to jump into an experience like that where it's just out to just bleed you dry? Yeah. No, I, exactly. I mean, have you settled, Paul? I know that you're saying you're kind of going back and forth um, review-wise. Have you settled on a score? I mean, how much is that, the you know, these greasy micros kind of affected where you're going <laughs> to go on a number for this? Well, reviews written, it will be on the site by the time this is live. 
uh, waiting for some input from Mr. Houston on the score. I, I know what I want to give it, but uh, I want to get a second opinion before writing it down. Yeah, and that's that's always good. Well I, I, well, I already gave you my opinion, so it should be minus 20 because there's no David Hayter. <laughs> <laughs> Another minus 30 for the micros. So right now we're at 50. Plus 20 for no <laughs> kefir. Oh, yeah. That's okay, right. You yeah, gave plus 20 for no kefir. I saw more. that. That's right. So we're back up to 70. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, it, I I think it's probably going to fall somewhere in the 60s, um, probably on the lower end of the 60s. It's, it's not a bad game. It's, it is not the heights that are expected from the franchise. You, well, you know, you might not think it's a bad game, but somebody deep, deep, deep inside Konami thinks it's a really bad game. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. Oh, oh, uh, oh. So it turns out that Metal Gear Survive actually contains uh, a, one, a tribute to Kojima, but also some pretty um, thinly veiled barbs directed at Konami. So at the beginning of the game, uh, there's a shot of a clipboard that's showing a list of characters um, in the style of the Phantom Pain. You know, we've got Dire Gibbon and Iron Marlin. But if you take the first letter of the last names of a bunch of those um those characters it spells kjp forever which was the uh internal code for kojima productions yeah yeah which i mean at first i I mean as reported actually on cog when james wrote the article um is it was viewed as a tribute but somebody actually took the time to dive deeper i mean and and i think i'm gonna preface this by saying it amazes me how much time people have on their hands to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> it blows my fucking mind. Right. But yeah, this you... just smacks yeah. of having newspaper clippings and strings on your wall. Oh, yeah. Like creating lines between things. Exactly. But it does make sense. I, exactly. And I mean, and this this goes deep, and how this got past them is absolutely beyond me. So, so yeah, like you're saying, there's that clipboard thing, and like kind of towards the middle, the last names of all... Uh, of all the uh the these people the first letter of every last name does spell out kjp space which is where um the player name is uh forever so kojima productions forever oh well that's nice and it's it's marked as mia right so missing in action but at the very first line we have vengeful mosquito is named so the, the the thought is that whoever vengeful mosquito is is the person who dropped this in who who basically pulled this like the ultimate troll but next iron marlin and dire gibbon so mg so metal gear and that those are the only two characters that are marked kia they're killed in action so we've got vent so from vengeful mosquito metal gear killed in action kojima productions forever followed up by which is just crazy, bastard Yoda and cunning Yuji, uh, which are two guys who worked, who were part of Kojima Productions, uh, who obviously stayed on with Konami, who they marked as AWOL, so like AWOL from Kojima Productions. So it's basically mm-hmm. like from top to bottom is like the ultimate troll. The ultimate troll, and for whatever reason, it got past Konami, which uh. is just like, how the fuck did this get past Konami? At the very least, how did Bastard Yoda and Cunning Yuji AWOL from their duty, how did that get passed? 
Well, yeah, because they worked on the game. That's and that's what's so crazy about this is that like they went, yeah, well, you know, we're just gonna, you know, like who's their QC guy? He should be fucking fired. <laughs> Yo, Yoda. Well, they probably Yoda. have an entire. They, probably, they put your name in the they game. Probably have an, they called you a bastard. <laughs> yeah, they probably have an entire team that looks that's supposed to like look at these things like QA groups and and all that stuff. Heck, even focus groups. Like, how did the not, this not get picked up by anybody? I mean, whoever did that though has got some balls. Oh my god, that is one of the. <laughs> that is a complete savage move. Like, wow, you, they've just wow. They've they absolutely been wiped out by the yakuza at this point. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they do you it's think no they patched out Now that it's it's surfaced well, and people are going to talk about it cuz this video in in the course of a day is at like 500,000 views or something ridiculous in, in the Uh I don't think they touch it because that's acknowledging that it's accurate. Exactly. I don't think they can patch if they patch but it then yeah it, that, that's I mean that's a big time admission of guilt. I mean there there's a time when it's like okay guys this is a bit of a conspiracy theory. And then there's other times where it fits so perfectly that you go, this isn't conspiracy. This is a big fuck you. Uh, so it's worth noting that that video is from Young Ye, who's a pretty well-known Metal Gear uh, YouTuber. And I, I will put the, I'll put that video in the description uh, for the show so you guys can take a look at that. I think he's a robot. I thought he was a robot too, but then his face showed up at the end of that video, and I was like, "You are a man." Yeah, yeah, that that threw me off as well. I was like, "Oh wow, this sounds like a bot." No, wait, it's not a bot. <laughs> <laughs> not a bot at all. But uh, anyway, Metal Gear Survive not selling so well either. No. Uh, Mario wrote an absolutely brutal news post that that just slays the game, uh, comparing it to Lawbreakers. Oof. which is harsh uh well i mean if, if your review score holds up and the sales would would this make it the worst metal gear game ever like really yeah i was thinking about that earlier if i thought uh any of even the psp ones were worse than this probably not this is probably the worst this is just a disaster for konami just a disaster and you gotta you wonder how they recover but i mean yeah meh. Do you think they'd try to get Kojima back or try to get him to make something? Not in a million years. No, yeah. I think that ship is yeah, sailed. I mean, they, they say don't burn your bridges, but they, they torched the shit out of it. Like, that's just... <laughs> did they? I mean, sure re- did. Remember them trying to, like, ban him from the Game Awards, or they did, didn't they? Didn't they actually successfully do it one year? He wasn't allowed to attend the Game Awards. and like, Yep. And then some of the horror stories about, like, the actual development. Um, was it not Phantom Pain, where he's like, they locked me in a room and it's like, do your damn job. And just, yeah, there's, there's nothing but bad blood there. They're never getting them back. Konami in general has a, a terrible reputation. Um, like employees not having the same email address for more than a month, not being allowed to have contact lists. It is a complete factory where you're just put at your cubicle and you just type until you either die or quit and they bring in the next person. That's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. That's not yes, how you run a con- uh, like a company in in this day and age. <laughs> no, it's not. In happier news, Nino Kuni Two has gone gold. Yay! I never played the first one, but it looks cool. The second one oh, does. Trev. <laughs> the first one's really good. The first one's really really good, and I mean it's it you know it had like the whole I mean the the tie in with the Studio Ghibli guys, and it just it just looked so good. 
just everything about it, it was is beautiful. It played well. I actually I really enjoyed the the, the story. I'll admit that I know a little bit less about Nino Kuni too. I haven't followed it as as much. Um, yeah, me but either. I've seen that there's some things in there that I'm like, what? What's going on? I mean, I believe there's like actually some like kingdom building stuff that's in this one, and mm-hmm. yeah, like so, some neat mechanics. I mean, um, knowing how much I like the first one, I'll probably end up going in on Nino Kuni two, but I pro- I don't know if I'll buy it at new. I, I might hold off a little bit. I've got enough to play right now. The real question is, does it have Mister Drippy? That'll make it a day one. <laughs> well, didn't wasn't it the? <laughs> that sounds so wrong. It, yeah. <laughs> it was the. <laughs> oh, I got I got you, Mister Drippy, right here. No, it's bad, right? Um, I think it was the. God damn it! Go take care of Mister Drippy. <laughs> go clean that shit up. <laughs> Sounds like you've got an infection of some type. Goo! I'm pretty sure Mr. Drippy was uh, uh, like a Mr. Drippy plushie was part of like the collector's edition for the first one too. So, Mr. Drippy. <laughs> that is not a real character. Is yeah, it? it is. <laughs> it is, man. Google that shit. No, don't Google it. Just keep it in your mind as whatever you think Mr. Drippy is. Uh, Mr. Dr- the reality is probably much, much darker. Someone didn't think. Someone didn't think that one through. <laughs> lost in oh, lost in oh, translation. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's got just the heaviest Scottish accent too. Oh, I, I everything about him. He's such a fun character. But this is yep. this is like yeah, uh, Nino Cooney too is like a total. I mean, it's a completely standalone new experience, is it not? I mean, is it not like its own game completely? It's not really tied into the first? Yeah, I think it's pretty much standalone. So uh, it sounds like if you missed Nino Kuni 1, which you shouldn't have done, you could jump in here. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm in if there's Mr. If Mr. Drippy is in, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll jump in just so I can hook up with Mr. Drippy. Well, this one might have his wife, Mrs. Drippy. Yeah, gross. But in all seriousness, it does look beautiful, though. It really does. Yes, it does. Yeah, and it's nice to know that the delays are over and the game is coming. Speaking of, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. Uh, the PUBG military skirt is on sale, and it's twelve hundred and sixty dollars. Oh, yeah, like the drop what? rate on it is like point zero 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 six four percent or something. It's literally a piece of gray fabric and. It's for sale for, yeah, almost $1,300. Is anybody really paying that, though? Or is this kind of like a gag, throwing it up for sale for dude, that much? Knowing dude. knowing full well nobody's going to buy that. No, I mean, think about it. Look at the markets for games like, what is it, like League of Legends or Dota or whatever. Like, people pay crazy amounts of dollars to get their hands on what they feel are limited in-game items. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not in a million years. Nope. Is that a generational thing? I mean, we've talked about this before. Is it one of those things where it's just like, you know, the the 40-plus crowd that have been at it for a while, we're just turning our nose, but the younger generation is like, yeah, I want that item. Okay, okay. you know what? To argue that, to argue that, this is the same generation that yells at our generation that it's, or like not so much us, that it's more so our parents, the baby boomers, but they're like, I'm never going to be able to afford a house. I want my avocado toast. I want my $1,300 PUBG military skirt. Like, no, they're nobody, nobody like not in their right mind. Anyways, this is, 
this is extravagance beyond measure, you know, like, cause there's nothing viable about this, you know, like, do you remember when we chatted a few weeks ago about the, the cheetah mask thing that the guy had gotten and end was like a $1,200 item in PUBG. Okay. Right. Um, yes, it was. And then what happened is, so as that story, the more <sighs> kind of filled out, what had happened was, is they increased the drop rate on it. And it went from a $1,200 item to a $300 item to a $200 item, you know. So whoever the idiot is that puts out $1,300, because there's only one of these things on the market, and then in a month, they make it widely available that everybody can have it? Like, wasted money much? I mean, it's it's one thing if you're going to spend like $1,300 on like a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Like, you know what I mean? That's tangible that you'll be able to keep and pass down from generation to generation. But 1300 on like a virtual collectible like that, it just doesn't kind of make sense to me. But hey, people no, are doing it. You know it. what it is? To me, this screams like, this is like that, what, what's that asshole, that pharmaceutical prick? Martin Shkreli. That's like oh, him. Yes. That's like him fucking buying the Wu-Tang album, you know? Like, I'm going to take this because I can take it away from other people and I'm rich and I'm an asshole. Like... There's just it just there's no logic behind a thirteen hundred dollar, like you when you actually see the picture of this thing, it's like there's no development involved in this thing. It's literally gray. <laughs> you have this gray thing to cover your groin. Thirteen hundred dollars, please. What the fuck? Wow. Whoever pays for it is a dumbass. You can. I hope they hear. It. Email me. You tell me why you're gonna buy this thing for thirteen hundred dollars, and I will argue with you till the sun comes up that you're a fucking moron. <laughs> you know who's not a moron it's the person who turned papers please into a movie i heard about this i i'm probably i mean i don't know if i'm one of the few i never played papers please so i don't know no, no. what's so Neither exciting about this what what well i know isn't isn't it like you're a border guard and you are you're you're basically a, a paper pusher you're processing uh people coming through the border you're denying and you're approving people to come through a border and then your actions have a consequence so Mm -hmm. there's apparently like 20 different endings and depending on who you approve to come in to cross the border and who you denied determines what ending you get Hmm. am i correct you are correct yeah it sounds like something i'd be interested in for sure i mean i don't know why i passed over it I know there was a very minimal game too, right? Like there wasn't a lot to it. I mean, it was very simple in its presentation, but it mm-hmm. stuck with, I mean, anybody I know that's played it, they've said it, it stuck with them. Yeah. I love it. It yeah. really stuck with them. So, I mean, and it's, it's cool just to see how the gaming medium can cross over as well when proper respect is paid. I mean, um, I'm just kind of catching up here, but the, the flick itself is only about 10 minutes. Right. So it's not like they're trying to do like a two hour movie. But I mean, we've just seen it time and again when they try to adapt anything with a video game into a movie. You know, then we get Assassin's Creed, which is dog shit. Right. (laughs) A horrible movie, a horrible fucking movie. But I mean, whatever. So they did it in 10 minutes, but they paid respect to what the game was and people are loving it. I mean, it's uh, unanimous across the board. People are saying it's really, really good. Well, Paul, you played it. What, what do you think? Uh, I haven't watched the film yet, but the, the game itself, you guys are hitting the nail on the head. It's uh, it's kind of an emotional experience. It's well-written. It makes you think about your actions and how they're affecting others. Um, I kind of took it as a commentary on the broader um, 
on society in a more broad manner mm. of how we treat each other. Um, but it didn't explicitly say that it was about that. So that's what made it um, a worthwhile experience for me. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, the funny thing, this this coming back around in this manner is probably what's going to convince me to pick it up and play it because it's not expensive. I looked it up. It's 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 pennies yeah. on Steam, so it's it's yeah. worth playing through. So I think I think I'm my goal over this week is to actually get into Papers Please um, and watch the flick so I can kind of have a proper commentary on it because I kind of want to know what all the fuss is about now. This movie's already available. Like we can watch it. Oh, it's now. A, yeah, it's on YouTube. Yep. Oh, okay. It's on YouTube. Excellent. And it's only ten minutes of your precious life, so I like it. Not much of a, a commitment at well, all. This is the ADD generation, so you know. <laughs> right. Ooh, look, shiny things. <laughs> they, they'd be stretching for content if they went any more than ten minutes. It's okay in a two or three hour game, uh, but yeah. Well, that makes sense. Ten minutes that is probably sense. the right length. Yep. Cool. So some analyst with the NDP or NDP NPD. <laughs> Uh, is predicting that the PS5 is going to come out in 2020. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I think about that? No. Uh, you, uh, you can't, you've already got yours pre-ordered. Honestly, my, my thoughts on this are, who cares? I, I, I yeah. hate this sort of stuff. It's just like, I mean, it, it's literally, yeah. I mean, it's great for clicks. Don't get me wrong. I mean, cause people are interested like, Ooh, I wonder, but I mean, literally I mean, the job description of an analyst, in a sense, is like, okay, we're going to look at the way the market's going, and then we're going to predict things with little to no... Con They're the weathermen of the technology world. You know, oh, maybe we'll get it wrong, but people don't care. I mean, Michael Pachter is never fucking right, ever. He's never right. He's always wrong, yet he makes a living predicting everything about oh, yeah. video games. I mean, and he... I'm going to... I should make sure I preface all this by saying, like, he's a wonderful man. I met him and he is the, he is he's a the good kindest, yes, he like is. friendliest dude. And even he, I Definitely. love, he hasn't, he, he, he's really good at self-deprecation because he's even gone, I've gotten him on Twitter before where he's like, look, one of my predictions actually came right for once, you know, like, like, <laughs> so he knows like he, they're just throwing, they're literally just throwing dust in the wind and hoping something catches, you know? Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, like, Obviously, until we well, see, like, yep, until I see a piece of hardware, this is all just this. This is all just lip service. This is just to get people talking. I mean, you, your reaction was definitely my first reaction, like, poof, like, come on, whatever. But then, like, when I thought about it some more, and I don't, I do know that you know that eight K had a showing at CES this year. So, I mean, two years from now, maybe there will be a new PlayStation console that has built-in VR. You know, maybe comes with the headset. By then, it'll be what PSVR version 3.0, 4.0. Maybe it'll be built into the console somehow. Maybe it'll have 8K capabilities. Just you know, you, I don't think it's I don't think it's it's a huge you, you, stretch. You just I see, just you know I, what I mean. I mean, and I I don't want you to take this personally by any stretch of the imagination because I just but I just want to yell out like shut your dirty whore mouth because I literally <laughs> just got a 4K TV. Paul just got a 4K. You don't even have a 4K TV, and you're like, maybe in two years we're all going to be playing on 8K, and I'm like, fuck, shut up. You just shut up. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily saying that that we'll all be playing 8K, but I think it it might have those capabilities. You know what I mean? Like it might it might have that ability. Like, look, we're 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 always going to want bigger, better uh, hardware. We're going to want 
things that look even crisper. Like so, I don't know. I don't think we we may uh, we may poo poo it now, but I'm not I'm not poo pooing that it's that it might not happen. That's that's like I just don't find it as much of a talking point because it's just it's literally just an analyst going, "Yep." Oh, it's yeah, exactly, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, spitballing is probably the best the best term for it, right? Like he just kind of he just threw it out a guess based on well, the, here's the trends and here's what we've seen. Like he's looking at you know past uh, cycles of of consoles and I mean not to say that he hasn't done research on it in a sense, but no matter what, in the long run, who cares when we yeah when we see a piece of hardware and they go this is the day it comes out. Well, then there we go. Now we all know when the PS5 comes out. Right. And by the time 2020 rolls around, nobody's going to remember this prediction specifically. No, exactly. <laughs> like, and that's just it. It's just, it's just, it's word salad. You know, someone just threw it out there and is like, people are going to talk about it. And guess what? We all did. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait for like the hard news from, you know, from, you know, direct from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Well, maybe I'll cut this whole section and then no one will know that we talked about it. No, uh, we'll no, see. no, 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 <laughs> I, no, 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 I'm just going to, I'm just going to point out that within this section, I did tell Trevor to shut his dirty whore mouth and that deserves, <laughs> and that I deserves never, to stay. I would your, never, your ever cut that mouth. out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there might be a lot of people that, that are out there thinking like, geez, should I, should I get myself a PS4 Pro? Or should I wait for the the, the next oh, man. great PlayStation console yeah, to come it, out? Like I think there's people that ask themselves. Okay, that but question. if you're asking that question and you call yourself a gamer of any like real measure, where like you're interested and you want to play games, you're not waiting another two years to upgrade or to to get involved in this generation of consoles. You know what I mean? No, but if you have like a you know if you've got just the base PlayStation 4 that you bought way back in what, 2013? When did it first come out? 2013? 2014? Yeah. And you're you're sort of, you're you're sort of at the contemplation stage, like, "Uh, do I go get myself a 4K TV? Do I get myself a Pro? Is it worth it? Or should I really just wait a couple more years? Yeah, Uh, and I mean, and then too, but that's the thing. I mean, you're you're going off of the the whimsy of of a guy who's like, oh, you know, I looked at the numbers and I think, think it's going to come in 2020 man i don't go off of i thinks i know what's in front of me and if i want to play a game and i want to play it to the best of its availability i mean and you know again like you know for a lot of this comes down to to money you know monetary reasons too not everybody can afford to go out and buy a brand new 4k tv you know exactly so so yeah i mean i get what you're saying is maybe someone's gonna have to really really think about it and, and everything else but i don't know how many people are going to take this type of report without, you know, healthy, you know, like a big dose of, or a big grain of salt. You know what I mean? I go, ah, right. there's nothing concrete. And, you know, The Last of Us no. 2 is going to be out at the end of, you know, the end of this year, maybe. And God, I want to play that. And I don't want to wait. So you, you, I don't see a lot of people sidestepping at this point based on mm-hmm. some unnamed. We don't even have the dude's name at this point, right? Un- unnamed analyst. A named analyst at the NPD. That's what they go by. That's their Twitter handle. I don't know, actually. Uh, so this is the part of the show where I would usually talk about releases. Oh, are we done with the news? The news? The news? Yeah, we're done with the news. We talked yeah. okay, we talk about all I'm, the news. I'm glad you squeezed the news, the news, the news in there, though. I know, I forgot. The news, I the forgot. news, the news. So the releases this week 
It's thin, guys. It is really thin. I th- honestly, like at a glance, there's literally nothing here that I care too much about apart from letting people know. Like, hey, these are the games you can get, and then we move on. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there that I'm running out to grab. Let's just... Well, most of them yep. are ports, too. Like, you know, they've already yep. been out on one thing or another. It's it's one new game, I believe, and all ports. Yeah, like, there's Payday 2's coming on Switch. <laughs> Which Alex just hammered. I think he gave it a 50. Like, he just... He just destroyed and took a big proper coiler on. Is this there. Alex Alex Everett? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he did not like uh, Payday Two on the Switch at all. He doesn't have to. That's that's his right. That absolutely. Right. I'm not going to argue with him about his his opinion. So so what is out this week? We should uh, run down the list. Well, we've got uh, Gravel on Xbox One. Don't know what that is. De Blob 2 on PS4 and Xbox One. <laughs> Immortal Redneck on Xbox One. <laughs> the aforementioned Payday 2. <laughs> Rift Star Raiders on Xbox One. I don't know if I can I don't know enough about it to give it a Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about it. And well, I know it's it's sitting in our back end right now. I know Nicholas reviewed that one. And it's supposed to... I think there's an embargo tomorrow, so by the time you're listening to this, it'll be live on COG Connected. It's COG Connected on Twitter, COG Connected on Instagram, COG Connected on Facebook. I'm a company man. <laughs> and finally, Dark... I had to get in. I had to get you did, in. you did. I can't fault you for that. And finally, Darkest Dungeon on Xbox One. Which is a good game, so... Yeah, but that's I, actually not I, a I don't want to give poop. that the, the poo-pooing... It's a good game, so. But again, it's just <laughs> we don't want to poo. No, it, no poo poo. It's just yeah. These are all ports, and it's a dead week. And let's you know maybe we'll have more to talk about next week. But it's pretty quiet. Well, that's good because we got some emails to talk about. The email. The email. No. Yeah. What? What? The email. You're gonna use that clip. You have to. One of these days, I'll stick oh, it yeah. in here. One of these days. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to pressxpodcast at gmail.com. Pressxpodcast at gmail.com. And I will read them. And if I like them or if I don't like them, I'll, I'll put them in the cast and we'll talk about them. So this first one comes from last week from John, a.k.a. Crazy Jerry Mouse, uh, who says, Hello, crew. I've got a much simpler question for you this time. Has there been a video game that made you cry? And when I say that, I don't restrict it to sadness. I'm also talking about elation, joy, or perhaps being petrified. Boys? What do you think about that? I, yeah, man. Like, like, absolutely. I mean, um, I think, you know, I mean, trying to narrow it down to like, uh, you know, a couple of experiences I can probably do with ease. But the more I, 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 think about it there's been lots of games over the years that have given me enough of an impact where like i feel like a big emotional toll you know what i mean um but in terms of games that actually made me cry um uh the last of us uh, we're well past um mm. we're well past uh uh the statute for for spoilers on this one yeah so i'm not gonna oh, i'm not worried sure. about it here but just in that opening segment holding 
Charles. Oh Darwin. my God! I was literally going yep. through, and I knew you just knew. I mean, you just knowing about what the game was, and I'm like, "Yep, she's gonna die." And when she did, I literally, I actually had to stop. I'm like, "Fuck this game!" I was so, I was angry. <laughs> I was angry, and I was, yeah, I genuinely, I teared up. But they, they built it up. They built it up so smart by having you play as her at the beginning and develop an attachment. Like that's probably one of the smartest pieces of design I've come across in a long time. How how else are they going to make you connect to that character in such a way that it matters by letting you play her first? And they're like, nah, she's fucked. Well, and and it really helped you understand Joel and and how he had this attachment to Ellie and how, you know, it he was not going to let this happen to Ellie. You know what I mean? Like he had already gone through the loss of his own daughter and he was just not going to let this happen again. Like you automatically, you know, you automatically sympathize with, with Joel and you were rooting for, for him. You felt so horribly gutted by what happened early in the game. Like it left me shook as well <laughs> that you're just, you're just rooting for him and you understand him right from the get go. So yeah, that that's definitely one for me that, that left me, I don't know if it left me in tears, but it definitely left I me think, shook. I, I, I think my problem is, is that I cry easy. <laughs> There's so many games where I've at least, I mean, maybe not like a bawling, obviously, but like where it, you know, you feel the chest tighten up, you know, you get that kind of hiccup in the throat. Um, yeah. uh, I'd say we're not past the statute of limitations when it comes to what remains of Edith Finch, but that one hit me. At the end, I'm like, oh, Jesus, mm. ugh. You know, and I, it was more of like, a, instead of crying, it was just more of a sick to the gut feeling, you know, but it was there. I mean, it was a still, it was a very real um, sadness to it. Life is Strange hit me like that uh, as well. You know, there's just been a few games over the years that just kind of hit me with that, you know, that punch to the gut sort of thing. I think I think for me, the one, the one game that kind of left me in tears was... Uh, Telltale's Walking Dead, oh, the first one, my the first season, God. where like it is, it is excruciating. Like it is, you know, the whole. And again, I, I'm gonna spoil this the one. Shit yeah, of this. we, so we can spoil this. Yeah, if you if you haven't played it, you oh, should. Have you played but, this? Um, yeah, I played it. Okay, good. Yeah, the whole part with with Lee and Clementine, and then Lee oh. dying towards the towards the end of the episode, and then at the very end when he dies and he's holding onto her hand, and you're like, oh my god, he can't leave Clementine. Like she's just a little girl. You can't leave her in this world alone. I was again shook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, it's it's too bad. I, it's too bad none of the others, the other Telltale Walking Dead's, never seem to live up to the first one. But um, but that first season was just so great. You, you know what I love about you, Trevor, is that no matter how old you get, you'll still use the kids' lingo. Left me shook. <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs> I was triggered. Oh, I hate that word. No, I'm not going into it. No. I'm not going into it. <laughs> I'm right with you guys on The Last of Us. Um, the other one that came to my mind right away was Brothers: Tale of Two Sons. Yeah. Oh God. And yes. I'm not going to spoil that one because I don't think that many people have actually played it. But uh, sum it up. And they might. And they might. Well, you, no, they you should. have to spoil it. No, in no, order no. To Talk about no, because you know, I. The thing is, is um, a way out is dropping March 23rd, which mm-hmm. is the next game from Joseph Faris and Hazelight. Um, 
So I have a feeling because it was an underappreciated game. A lot of people who maybe dig their way into a way out might backtrack onto Brothers. So I'm kind of with you on that, Paul. I don't know if I'd want to spoil it, even though it's an older game. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, but I mean, it's, I think you're in the clear. But we're too nice. We're, we're just too nice for our own good. <laughs> you are too. Yeah, nice. it's well worth the payoff. Um, it's it's about teamwork. It's about brotherly love, and and it's about the importance of family. And well, it's about loss. I mean, it, it's yeah. a very yeah. impactful game. It is. <laughs> I just love those games that sort of that are unpredictable, and then something happens throughout the experience, and you're like, "Holy shit!" I did not see that coming. And I, every time I play a game and there's that moment that where you're like, wow, did that really just happen? And, um, yeah, no, and, yeah, and I love it. Those are the games that stick with you. Right. I mean, and, and absolutely, it's, it's funny. I mean, maybe that's an age thing or whatnot. Cause I've got a buddy, my buddy, Brad, um, was for years. He's just like, you know, oh, narrative experiences just don't work for me. You know, he wants the action. I get bored easily. And now he's talking about, you know, oh, I played through Broken Age and it was a great game. And, you know, I mean, he's, I think, a couple years behind me. So he's like 38 or something like that. But, you know, we get a little bit older and and that idea of running around shooting things, not like we don't like it. We still have a lot of fun. But those more slowed down narrative experiences seem to hit a little bit harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, you, you grow up a little bit and you're like, eh. I also want to take in a really good story because it's no different. I mean, the production quality has come up now to the point where it's it's games are more than just games. I mean, you can walk away with that same emotional impact as you get from reading a book or watching a movie. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So they're more than they used to be. One of the things that strikes me about um, all those games that we mentioned is that they're kind of uh, transformative in a way. So when the twist happens you probably should have seen it coming, but you don't see it coming because you're invested in the story. You're invested in the characters. Is it? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's actually interesting. Is it that you don't see it coming or you don't want to see it? Coming? Yeah. Which, yeah, is, which is, two, it's the same thing in a sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like you're talking about the walking dead season one. I knew, I knew I'm like, he's not making it out of this. Yeah. And, yeah. and it didn't lessen that impact when it happened. Right. You know, and they, again, like I'd mentioned with The Last of Us, you knew what was coming. You knew what the end result was going to be of that of that scenario. And you're like, no, no, we're going to keep playing. Maybe I'm wrong. And then it hits you. But it just doesn't listen, like, lessen the fact that someone punched you in the gut. And, you know, all air is gone. And you're like, oh, my God. But, I mean, that's, again, that's the beauty of it. That's the special thing when with games that have a good narrative, uh, you know, when they can impact you in that manner, that it's, it's super special. It really, really is. And now it's time for the press X perfect list in which we take a topic and we come up with a list that is definitive and perfect in every way. Uh, the twist is that Trevor and Sean don't know what my list is going to be about. And so it's coming right off the top of our heads. Um, yeah been fun so far so we're gonna keep doing it and it has been fun actually yeah it has yeah i look forward to it it's every stressful week but fun yeah <laughs> and well this this week's list actually fell right into our lap um thanks john for the question we're gonna come up with the 10 most emotional games ever Ooh. oh well that's good yeah i mean i feel like we've already kind of answered yeah, that like 
I mean, I feel like I'm ready for this. Well, list. no, I, okay, 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 okay. I mean, even though we're gonna be kind of retreading, I mean, some of the games we talked about really hit hard. I mean, we can throw those games back into the list. Oh, yeah, totally. I hope so. Oh, we have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm down with this list. All right, uh, Sean, you're first this week. Oh, okay. Um. Okay. I feel like I don't want to be like take the, the easy route and go into like, oh, we just talked about this game, so let's go with that one. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, that dragon cancer. Oh, that, fuck that game. Oh, oh, you know, the beauty, the beauty of that game is, I mean, obviously most people know the story. It's so sad. But the accept, do you remember, was it the game awards where the developer slash father, uh, accepted the award and just like, you know, I mean, not only was this a chance for him to respect, you know, his child that he lost to this horrible, horrible disease. Uh, it was a chance for him to say thank you to everybody who just so lovingly, not only like supported the game, but, you know, saw through what the game was and realized that there was a very human experience behind it, you know, and Mm -hmm. he teared up and just like, that to me is is one of the best examples, if not the single best example I've ever seen of of the impact that a game can have, not only on you as a player, but as a developer uh, for a healing process, you know, like getting through what's going on in your own head. Uh, everything about that game just just screams emotion at like literally every turn. And it's not a, a, a I mean, you know, looking at it, it's not visually impressive or anything. It just leans 100% on what it's trying to tell you. And holy shit, is it impactful. Yeah, not much in the way of mechanics, but uh, it's got plenty of emotion. So uh, oh, definitely deserves to be on the list. It's got emotion to spare. What about you, Trev? I am going uh, to take Sean's route here and not pick a game. Not pick an easy one. I'm going to pick a game that probably most wouldn't think of picking, but I'm going to go with Gears of War 2. And the reason why I'm going with that is because there is a scene where uh, Dom uh, stumbles upon his wife, Maria, who's been, um, who's been held captured by locusts in like this locust prison, and she's been tortured and starved to death. And he stumbles upon her, he finds her, and she's just, you know, she's... She's almost, she can't even speak. She's, you know, she's starving. Um, she almost looks like a zombie. But that whole scene when when Dom is like, oh my God, what do I do with my wife? Like he's just panic stricken and it ends and I'm going to spoil it, but it's a fucking 10 year old game. So deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, he has to kill his wife. Oh. And I remember at the time, uh, exactly. And, and because she was just, there was no... She was past the point of no return. There was no, there was no helping her or healing her. And I remember that scene was just like, wow, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. Like it was, it left me emotional, um, especially at that point in time in my life. So yeah, I'm going with Gears of War 2, the whole Dom Maria um, sequence. Did, did you have to press X to feel? <laughs> was, you know, wasn't that in, that was like in call of duty wasn't it that, that was, was in call of duty. wasn't that the whole funeral scene like the whole that's casket thing? that's the best time to insert that joke basically ever yeah <laughs> <laughs> press x to i mean it's right in the title of our podcast so i had yeah, to just exactly. have it on ready 
for this moment, episode eight. It only took us eight episodes to get here. That's actually, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm sure we'll be able to squeeze it in another time. Somewhere okay, down the good. line. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay, so now you're up. Yeah, I am going to take the easy way out, and I'm going to pick Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Mm, Deserved. Deserved. Good pick. Yeah. Sean? Ah, uh, 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 what's the statute on Life is Strange? Are we good? Yeah, you, you're you like good. Two and I a half think. years. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're good. Okay. So and I know I know what scene you're going to talk You know exactly about. which scene I'm talking about. I know and exactly. So, okay, because of the episodic nature of the, of Life is Strange, if you played it at that point where you're playing episode by episode, it was literally the cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers where, you know, I mean, and so the mechanic for people who haven't played it, but I mean, Life is Strange is like you're maneuvering time and, you know, like you can go through a situation and then you rewind time and you maybe take the other option or, or, or whatever else. And there's this one point where, you know, you make a choice of, you know, what you think you should do, whether you want to save Chloe's dad or let him go. I believe that was the decision. I'm trying to like yep. dig yeah. into the archives here. No, you're right. But yeah. That's right. You want to save Chloe's dad or just let him go. And I don't know. I don't know a person who would not have gone would not have gone off. We're going to save, we're going to save the dad. We're going to try and save the day. We're going to be heroes. And then you show up and she's in a fucking wheelchair. Like Chloe's in a wheelchair. (laughs) Like you changed everything. Oh my God. Like my gut. I just like, I was like, Oh, you got to be fucking joking. Yeah, That was crushing. It was crushing. And then, and you couldn't fix it at that point. There was no, like there were so many, I'm like, Oh, I need to try and fix this and make another choice. It's like, it's one of the few points in the game where it's like, no, that decision's been made. And it fucking killed me. Like it went mm. and it it was super impactful too, because it was just like, yeah, she's got her dad back, but you literally changed her entire life. And it's up to her to decide at that point, like whether or not you did it for the better. Like it so yeah, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was it's one of those types of experiences that took that literally kind of took the air. From my lungs, I was like, <gasps> and it took me some time to recover from that moment. I really, really wished that I'd made another decision almost at that point. And that's a great pick. That's a great pick. That game did that plenty of times too. Uh, maybe not quite oh. to the same impact level, but the other one that sticks out for me is at the very, very end of episode five when you have to choose whether or not to sacrifice Chloe. Mm. yeah yeah and i mean and and that's the brilliance behind this game though too right i mean and there's a reason it, i don't know if you would consider i mean maybe you guys would say like was it big out the gate or was this a slow burn in that like people started slow, talking yep. about it and were like you need definite to play this game burn. you need to, to you need to play life is strange yeah it was yeah definite slow burn yeah, it was by episode two i think that i was hearing a lot of buzz about it and the, the funny thing about it is too is is like it uses a lot of cheesy teen lingo, you know, a lot of hell of this and hell of that. And, you know, and initially, I mean, I really enjoyed Max as a character. I think what drew me into the game more than anything within that first episode is the visual aesthetic. And then also the music, the music was absolutely perfect at every point Mm -hmm. of that game. You know, Uh, when they, when they inserted songs, it was, they were, perfect for that situation and so that's kind of what kept me going and then you immediately 
it's hard to not uh, um, develop opinions and if not closeness with a lot of these characters and mm-hmm. even some of the characters that I found that you weren't supposed to like, for example, like Victoria, you know, you're not really supposed to like her, but then you start, you start getting a little bit more into why she is the way she is. And, and, and mm-hmm. uh, they did a, a, just a, a wonderful job of making you care about almost every character in their own way. Like every character almost deserved a little bit of, of your attention. Yeah. And you could empathize with all of them was the thing. And, they did it in such an endearing way. Um, you're making me want to go play it again, Sean. Huh. Well, I mean, you could go play. Have you played Before the Storm yet? I haven't. I have it downloaded. Um, that might be on my list for this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of I, I started into it, but I haven't gotten through it. So I, I, I can't have too much comment on on Before the Storm. But I, I don't know. I haven't heard as many people talking about it. So I don't know if it quite no. captured the magic in the same way that life is strange did. But. Yeah. All right, Trev, you're up. Uh, I already talked about it, but it has to be on our list. So I'm going to go with telltales walking dead season one. Oh yeah. It just, it just has to be on our list. So I'm throwing it in there. Yeah. That's a, that's a no brainer. Yep. Yep. Done deal. Uh, I'm going to continue on the ones that absolutely have to be on this list and I'm going to pick the last of us. Yep. Mm. Yeah. These are all like choices where you just, you can't argue. You can't argue them at, at, at all. <laughs> well, and when we're going around like this, I get scared that we're going to keep saying, ah, the next guy will get it. The next guy will get it. And then we're not going to get it. So no, that's fair. That's actually pretty. That's a, that's actually fair. <laughs> okay, Sean, you're next. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. Cause I don't know if everybody's going to agree with me. Um, but in terms of a game that kind of hit me, I don't know if it was emotional or more surprising, um, but Bioshock Infinite kind of hit me. Um, oh. Because, you know, you spend, you know, this whole game kind of developing this relationship between Booker and Elizabeth, and you develop a very paternal sort of of emotional connection to her. and then. At the end, you find out, well, that's because you're her dad and you you basically sold her in an alternate timeline. And like when you realize that Booker is Father Comstock, I just like that punched me in the face so fucking hard. I like, you know, we were talking about how like a lot of these games you see it coming and you deny it in a sense. I did not see it. I mean, maybe a lot of other people did, but I just didn't catch that connection. So when it all looped around... And I mean, God, I mean, I'm trying to remember back because it was a long time ago that I finished this game. But if if I recall correctly, it's Elizabeth that actually kills Booker to like close this sort of weird time loop thing um, to kind of end it all. I mean, that's that's just really fucked up. I mean, to find out that like your dad sold you now you're killing your dad and like it just. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm doing a really piss poor job of explaining why that game impacted me, but I just remember it hit me so hard at that moment and surprised me as well uh, that in, in a way that was completely unexpected. Um, so I, I would encourage anybody, I mean, I don't know if you're, if you're in a Bioshock, you would have played it by now. So I don't think I'm, I'm telling anybody to do something that they haven't already done, but it great, great game. Well, Sean, we can tell that you're still messed up by it. So uh, I think that uh, qualifies it to be on the list. Yeah, yeah, it does. 
And yeah, there you go. Sorry, I yeah, I I'm, I wanted to make sure that I had my facts straight. So I quickly I was ticky tickying here, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously Elizabeth is your daughter, and you yeah, you traded her away to Comstock in an alternate timeline when she was a baby, and then in the end, she drowned you in a lake to stop this continuous loop of her life and your life going in circles. Like it's it's fucked up. It's fucked up, and it hit me, man. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Trev, it's your last pick. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm torn between two games. I'm um, already one. torn. Sorry. Thanks, Natalie. <laughs> Lisa, you're tearing me apart. Um, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> I still need to watch that. Um, I love that you just threw that in there. Um, <laughs> uh, I am good. I'm really torn. I say two games. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn with two, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna uh, heavy rain and Ori of the Blind Forest. But I'm gonna go with Ori, just because, and I don't quite know why. Just I think the whole thing with, um, his was it his mother, or his adopted mother dies. It was, it, it was something um, like that. Uh, yeah, it was like a, a, a um, like almost like an adoptive parent figure. Who found him and and took care of of Ori? And God, I, right. God, it was heart wrenching. It really exactly, was exactly. And it, so so yeah, that's my pick. And I think it I think it was even like uh, what made it even better was just how how well animated it was too. Like it's oh, it's so beautiful. beautifully done that I mean it happens super early in the game too, but it's enough. Mm-hmm. It gives you that kind of firepower that you wanted to kind of carry on. You know what I mean? You're like. Okay, so like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, the game itself is fantastic. I mean, it's I mean, when you talk about games that mimic the Metroidvania, um, I mean, it's one of the best we've seen in in you know years and years. It's absolutely stunning. But that that point mm-hmm. in the game, it guts you. It guts you hard too. All right, um, Paul. for my last pick, I'm just I'm just just I'm I'm closing my eyes and I'm I'm doing my best. I don't know, Johnny Carson or whatever. I'm predicting the future, so I just want to make sure that I'm... All right, Paul, you, you pick. You can let me know if I was right, if you were right about me. That's what I'm going to do, yeah. That's the point of this whole thing here. It's tough. It's really tough. Because um, there's a few I'd like to pick. But I think the most emotional one that's left... I'm going to go with Journey. Oh, I, wow, I got it oh. wrong. I absolutely got it wrong. What'd you think I was going to pick? It's my next pick. Oh, all right. Uh, well, if you haven't played Journey, I don't really know where you've been. But it's the kind of game that shows you without having to tell you what's going on. Um, and it's about the interconnectedness of of creatures, I guess. I. It's a hard one to explain, but it's well worth playing. It's definitely an emotional journey, though. Mm-hmm. God, I can't believe I said emotional journey boat journey. <laughs> and you're in PR? Yeah, I know. That wasn't on purpose. You know, <laughs> I never said I was good at my job. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> yep. Half of my day is like typing out a sentence and then deleting the sentence because it's not good enough and then typing out another sentence. <laughs> it's what I do now. <laughs> day by day, you'll start deleting fewer sentences. Well, that's that's the goal. 
<laughs> that is the goal in mind, but we'll we'll see how we do. You'll get there. We believe in you. <laughs> Aww. Now make your last pick, you bastard. Ha! Firewatch. Okay. Yeah, and that's I knew how much you loved. I believe you actually reviewed it for Cog, um, Paul. I did. Um, yeah. So I know how much you loved Firewatch, and it's just a fantastic kind of insight into. I mean, loss, obviously, I mean, w with Henry and then as well, just like that, the, you know, the the relationship, as it were, that develops between Henry and Delilah over the course of the game. Uh, there's just so much about it. Um, I don't I think this is a game. I mean, I think a lot of people have have played it. Um, uh, I don't want to I don't think it's necessarily like a cult hit. I mean, I think a lot of people have played it. But I think it's one of those games, too, that a lot of people still talk about enough that the people who haven't played it um, are probably going to want to go out and try it. So I, I don't want to give too much about this one. Uh, I, I still think there's time for people to have picked this game up for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those games that I, I can't recommend enough, um, especially if you're into the narrative, um, you know, slow burns. It's not going to take you long to, to get through either. Yeah, it's like three or but four hours. Yeah, exactly. It's not crazy long. I mean, it's long if you want to. I mean, it can be. I mean, if you're searching every little corner and and whatnot, um, it can be long. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those games that you need to experience to really understand. And just everything that they, just the way that they did it, it's it's. I mean, Campo Santo did a hell of a job on that game. And right from the beginning too, it's one of the only games that. I've played that has a kind of a cold open that's text-based, but actually resonated with me. Usually I'm just like, yeah, da, 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 button through this, but it was, it's emotional right from the start. So if you haven't played Firewatch, do it, do it now. Yeah, yeah do exactly. It. Good job, guys. This is a pretty kick-ass list. Actually, that's a pretty good list, actually. That's a really good list. I mean, it, it's a list of 10 games that like, if someone was to say, hey, recommend me 10 games to play i would have no problem going top to bottom going play this game here you go here's your list report back later yeah a good variety of genres too it's not all just narrative narrative stuff well no it, it kind of shows that like you know games can have impact no matter what form they come in i mean you can have shooters you know i mean technically brothers is almost like a puzzle game in a sense mm -hmm. right so i mean there's all styles of game that you can go through that can have an impact on you so let's quickly read it back. We've got the 10 most emotional games ever, the Press X Perfect list, The Last of Us, That Dragon Cancer, Firewatch, Life is Strange, The Walking Dead Season 1, Ori and the Blind Forest, Brothers A Tale of Two Sons, Bioshock Infinite, Journey, and Gears of War 2. Damn fine list. Hell of a list. Well done, guys. And with that... We're coming to the end. Shed a tear. Get emotional. Uh, it's the end of episode eight of Press X the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> that was semi-believable. <laughs> Do you remember? Did you guys see, ever see uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the the newer one with Alan Rickman as the robot? And oh yes, uh, who else is in it? Uh, Sam Rockwell is in it. Yeah. Do you remember the like the way that the doors 
on the ship sighed every time they opened and closed. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I think that's got to be one of the most underappreciated, absolutely underappreciated movies ever. Because I don't ever hear anybody talk about it. And it's absolutely fantastic. It captures the books so really, really well. Good. Yeah, really captures the spirit of the books. Yeah, you're damn right it does. I mean, everything about it is just fantastic. And and uh, 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 what is it? Most Daff is in his really his character is hilarious. Yeah, everything about it is good. Watch that movie if you haven't seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's what is it on Netflix? Probably not. Yeah, you can find it somewhere. It's on some streaming service, I'm sure. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna do it. If you're listening to this and you liked what you heard. You could share it with everyone that you've ever heard of. Give us five stars Every on person. iTunes. Give us a review. Send us an email. Pressxpodcast at gmail.com. Sign up for our Facebook community slash group slash page group. Facebook group. Group. Press X the group. podcast. We discussed this, remember? The page group. is for people who don't know about us, but the group is people who know about us and want right. to talk to us. <laughs> God, fucking social media is confusing. It really is. Get on the <laughs> Facebooks, and uh, you can talk to Sean, Trev, and myself in a comfortable Mark Zuckerberg setting. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, if anybody, if anybody can make it weird, I don't. I can make it weird, comfortable. <laughs> uh, yes, that is true. But it's a gift. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will catch you next week. Same time, same place. Talk to you later. Adios. Peace out. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.